Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to Heal Squad with Maria Menounos. And no, it's not Maria Menounos, it's Mr. Maria Menounos. Come to you today with a great interview. Z. Clark, author of the book, Black People Breathe. And I'll tell you, a book for females, people of color, and I think just anyone uh, who is struggling with anxiety, uh, really looking to get into breath work um, and apply that toward healing. Uh, She sees breath work as medicine. I happen to agree. Meditation is medicine. And she has different types of uh, meditations that she prescribes for different kinds of ailments. So one for fatigue and one for anxiety. So many great things we went over here. Also um, dealing with corporate structure and uh, and even for you people that are kind of stuck in a job that maybe isn't filling your cup, doesn't really speak to you, um, and maybe how to ascend past that or maybe not. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed the interview I had with her. I certainly did. I learned a lot. Um, please... Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. And furthermore, give us that five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts and review. We certainly appreciate it. That being said, I give you our Heal Squad with Marie Menounos interview with author Z Clark, author of the book, Black People Breathe. Hey, Z. So, uh, so excited to talk to you about something that is uh, so necessary. Um, I can't, I can't understate it enough how necessary it is the work that you're doing and what you can teach us. Um, but as I was saying to you before we started the call, uh, your journey, um, just your journey alone also fascinates me. And I think there's so many aspirational and educational elements to your journey Mm. as someone who, um, attended Harvard university, seems like you got into corporate America and then, was like, wait, you know, this isn't me. This isn't what I want to do. This isn't my dream. And you totally pivoted, and, you know, and where you are now. But I feel like a lot of us are feeling like that, especially now since COVID. 
mm. where we, we all followed this one map for whatever reason, society, whatever. And we're all like at a point now where we're questioning that. And many of us want to make the change, but I think we don't think we can do it. We're lacking the courage, the resources, a lot of different things. But can we start? Will you tell me a little bit about your journey? And I want to add to what touched me as well is when you you I, didn't somewhere in your past, you, you loved writing and you wanted to write and weren't you told like, right, get, no, get a real job. Like that's because that spoke to me. That was my parents were like, you need a job with benefits. That was, <laughs> that was so, and I, I don't know. I just, I feel like a lot of people are going to really um, appreciate your journey and, and learn from it. And if you, the more you can tips and tricks you can give us to help us there um, mm -hmm. before we get into the mindfulness, which I think is probably going to help. Mm -hmm. But this was your journey to mindfulness. So yes, I've already said too much. So Z, take it from there. Tell me about your story. Um, yeah. Well, I spent over 20 years in corporate America and Fortune 500 uh, companies and startups in Silicon Valley. And you're right. I did go to Harvard University twice, actually. Um, I went there for undergrad, studied economics. Oh, my um, goodness. Started my career in financial services in New York. Uh, Citigroup, Amex. I went back to Harvard for business school. Um, and, uh, and then I moved to the Bay Area and did management consulting. And then I worked in tech companies. And during all of that time, I was often the only. The only woman in the room, the only black person, the only black woman. And I experienced a number of microaggressions, everything right. from, are you the new diversity hire? Oh. Yeah. Or, <laughs> comments. Sorry to laugh. It's just like, I can't, I can't yes. Are you the new diversity hire? And yes, I, I am. Hi. Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's not the job that I applied for. <laughs> um, but it makes you question yourself. It yes. makes you wonder, well, yeah. did they only hire me because I'm black? Oof. Am I qualified to be yes. here? Right. I even yes. had a boss say to me first week of work, he said, can I talk to you? I was like, Sure. And he closed the door, which is kind of a big deal. And I closed the door and he said, I oh, just God. want you to know I didn't hire you because you're black. It that at that point had never crossed my mind. Wow. So is this a, a male or can I ask male or female who said that? Male. Male. And so he probably thought he was helping you and, yes. and saying something nice. He really, what, really did. His intention, right. Wow. And that's if we talk about microaggressions. Right. Microaggressions are often unintentional or yes. unconscious. Right. Yeah. But the impact of these statements or actions can actually be really, really big. Right. They can yes. cause low self-esteem. They can cause people. Well, they can't. Well, see, here's the thing. And this is where Z, you, you, you can help us or help me is I am sure I've been guilty of that. Hmm. That close the door. I got your back. I know everyone out there is whatever they are. And I got your back, but not re thinking I'm helping, but not realizing that in some way I'm pushing a button or triggering or, you, yes. you know, and, and, and I think what, what we need, our generation needs help with is, you know, is, is how, like how to, how to, how to go about how to, um, yeah. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I know now, mm. but even like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have known that yeah. that was, you know, but I know now, so, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's, it's educate. It's so I know when you're in, you're helping all the people that are traumatized, but I, I'm going to ask for help that you can help yeah. the people on the other side who are well-intended, but they just, 
they don't know mm -hmm. any better. We don't know better. Um, yeah, and I'm, I shouldn't. I'm, I'm bringing. I'm making it about me. What a surprise! All right, so Z, go back to your. You're well, going well, through. Let all me just let me just react to what you Please. just said, though. Please. So first of all, I think the biggest thing that allies can do, or aspiring allies, is to educate yourselves. Right. right? My book, Black People Breathe. Actually, every chapter is something that happens to Black people and people that I worked with people that I went to school with might read about themselves in this book and they might not have known that this was a microaggression, for example. And right. so I think the biggest thing allies can do is be proactive about educating yourself on yes. what are the things that could be seen. And this book, and see what I thought, loved about the book and I only was able to go through it quickly because I'm in the role of backup quarterback. <laughs> what I liked is it, to me, it was relatable to anyone who has felt unseen or mm -hmm. it feels like they're an outsider, you know? So there, there was a lot, I think for a lot of people, mm. even beyond black people to relate to, but you're right. There's, there's stuff that the older generation can pick up on and say, Oh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. So that's, that is a great resource, but continue. Yeah. But let me, let me bring it back to my journey. Cause you originally Please. asked me about my journey yeah. and is that I was in corporate America. I always felt like I needed to work twice as hard just to be treated like everyone else because people were questioning my competence. I felt like I was banging my head against not the glass ceiling, but what is known as the concrete ceiling for women of color, because that ceiling often feels like it can't be broken. And when you're working twice as hard, when you're working nights, when you're working weekends, that's gonna lead to burnout. And burnout is real. And at a certain point, you know, it's not just your mental health, right? Anxiety, chronic stress, but oh, it's, it's going to affect your physical our whole that's right. Our whole show is based on that. So we yeah. so yes, it a hundred percent takes the physical. The yes. autoimmune diseases, the cancers, the yes. all of it. And yes. so my doctors were like, something's got to change. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to take myself seriously. And so I quit. I quit corporate America. I, in fact, my la the, when I quit my last Silicon Valley job, um, a, a senior executive at the company, she came to me and she said, yeah, I just wanted to say goodbye and like, let's have a walk. So we went for a walking meeting and she said, how does it feel to know that the only thing people are talking about is that a black woman just quit? And I, you know, I, I just, I was like, this is what I um, But basically what I did, I went to India. I joke that I did the black girl version of eat, pray, love. I was yeah. meditating. Right. I was doing yoga and I learned these practices of mindfulness, of breath work. And I never felt better in my entire life. I feel like the chronic stress that I experienced, the constantly being triggered ever since I was eight years old, the first day of school at a very fancy private school in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., where I got a scholarship. That's the first time I experienced imposter syndrome. That's the first time I felt like I was treated differently because of what I looked like. Okay. Can we put a pin in imposter syndrome? Because I need yes. you to really help me with that because I know that's, but I want to back up now with the journey. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom 
for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're gonna love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Yes. So I I know a lot of my female friends mm. say the exact same thing. I have to work twice as hard. Yes. Just to even hit the median level of respect. Mm. And um, I will say selfishly, I have enjoyed hiring women over men because they work harder and they care more. <laughs> I'll just say that. No, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. Um, and there's, listen, the guy, we're all better together. And, and there's guys I know that have been great too. But mm. the, for us guys myself included, we definitely know we can just get by. We can cruise. We can, you know, where you don't have that, you don't necessarily have that luxury um, and you have that pressure and it totally does hit your mental health and that hits your physical health. What, yes. what, what, what I want to explore more with you is before we get to India, what fascinates me so much was that all of your education is based on economics and business. Yeah. And you're on that path. Yes. So was that something that you were doing because you just were like, hey, I'll make good money. I'll be successful. Or did you really love economics and business? I want to know that. Yeah. What was it for you? Well, first, I want to share that I grew up 
uh, in a very low income environment with my family, right? Mm -hmm. And both of my parents are immigrants. And so survival is a real thing. Um, My father, uh, when I said I wanted to major in philosophy, he said to me, who's going to hire you? How are you going to get a job? And you mentioned the writer thing. I always wanted to be a writer. In fact, when I was like 10 or 11 years old, I tried to get a short story published and I have a rejection letter. I still have it, a physical paper rejection letter from Random House. My Black People Breathe publisher is Penguin Random House. And this letter said that I was somebody to watch in the future. I always wanted to be a writer. And my parents said, you need a J-O-B, your point yes. about benefits, you need yes. security and not having parents that could be my financial cushion. I couldn't go explore my passion. You know, I'm a violinist. I have played the violin since I was five. I got into Juilliard for college. You want to know why I didn't go to Juilliard? Because I didn't want to be poor when I grew up. So did I love economics? Did I love business? I loved the ability to feed myself and to pay my rent because my parents were not going to be able to do so for me if I were to fail. So this was completely about financial security. Gotcha. And and you and it's nice that you don't hold that against your parents. You no. know, like you understand why, right? My parents no. are saying, well, I understand. My dad was a ditch digger. I understand. He's a laborer. So I understand. Um, and I loved your take on it. So, so is it more, do you feel as though you, you're grateful? I know you must be grateful that yes. you did that because you ended here, you ended up here, but at the same time, um, did it provide you the finances and the resources to kind of be able to breathe now to take it next level or looking back at your younger self, would you have just said, Hey, I'm going to write and play the violin and I'll have nothing and and I'm going to go on the eat, pray, love journey that way. So I have no regrets. First of all, my financial situation was real. I did need to be able to support myself. I also feel like I learned a ton in corporate America. And in fact, the work that I do today, I teach mindfulness and breath work to people of color in the workplace for the most part, like I teach companies, employees, but I'm leveraging a lot of the skills that I learned right. in the workplace, everything from Who's my target marketing, right? What's my value proposition, right? Who am I serving? What problems am I solving? And how can I reach them? I worked at an innovation and design firm where I learned design thinking. Design thinking is all about understanding the needs of the people that you want to serve and really getting to that, not just giving somebody a product, but understanding what problems do they have and what, you know, and how can I help them? So for example, today, the problem that I'm solving is that black people and all people of color in the workplace experience microaggressions and racism, which caused them to have chronic stress, high blood pressure, diabetes, weakened immune system, and I could go on, right? This is a problem that I personally experienced. And then I went to India and learned tools that helped me to deal with this. To deal with it, right. And and now I can help others. I learned so much in the workplace and in business and economics classes, but also mostly like on the ground in business that have helped me to be a more effective person today. So no, I don't wish that I had gone to Juilliard. I don't, and you know what? It's funny, when I worked at Amex, there was a woman who was a receptionist at Amex who had a master's from Juilliard in opera singing. Right. And I met her and I was like, wow. And, and she was like, I can't, I couldn't eat. I couldn't support myself. 
So she's like, that's why I'm a receptionist here at Amex now. And there's nothing wrong with being a receptionist. I, you know, like, yeah, of course. like people, like I love, right. But yeah. I will say that lessons, you know, I learned a lot of lessons and now the violin is pure love. It used to be stress, especially with classical music and violinists. It like, like my st I wish I had my breathing techniques in order to perform with less anxiety when I was younger. So I, no regret, no regrets whatsoever. So this is, but see, this is what I love. And this is the important thing that I, I, I want people to hear in your story is that, um, let's say phase one was the growing up the way you grew up. And then phase two was this, this economic, the career in economics of business and phase three yeah is this one. Mm. I think that what I, what I, what I struggle with as I coach younger people is they want to get rid of part, the second part of your journey. What I like about, I love about your story and everyone has a different story and a different journey. And I, and I respect that, but I do think that sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater mm. and we don't value the practicalities. Like, Hey, there's just certain things. I call it eating frogs. There's certain times we have to eat frogs <laughs> and then, but then what I think you get to a place where you go enough, I've eaten enough frogs. I'm going to get really sick. And I think that's when people don't know how to get off. Unfortunately, they're for a number of different reasons. They want to get off. And then also what blows my mind about you and uh, is all the stuff you just dropped so quickly, human design and this, and that. I mean, you understand, like I I'm, this, I'm really going off topic here, but like you have a, this mindfulness, mindful business that you can teach us as mm. well. Yeah. Mixing the corporate, because listen, we need, we still need corporate structure and like for the world to go around, like we need to do the, have those jobs. And, but there is a way to do it, which is, I know what you're doing right now is teach us yeah. how to do it. So I, I, what, what, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, what gave you the, the courage to quit, to quit mm. a cool, job and go and then by the way just be i'm gonna quit take some time off maybe open a coffee shop i've seen that before and i love that play but mm. i'm quitting and going to india mm. i think was that hard for you to, to... it was so hard and Tell you me. know i it was hard because i wondered if i want to come back to corporate america will i be able to will people look at my resume see a gap and judge me judge me and especially as a black woman it's already harder it's already harder for us to get jobs and so if there's we have to be overqualified in order to get the jobs right? right and so if there's any doubt whatsoever this was a huge risk and i will tell you that it was seeing other people model it that gave me the courage to quit so who did you see so did you anyone we know or just or no. just even without knowing who they friends. really are but but friends okay so tell the me the idea of a sabbatical i i knew i knew multiple people not a lot but a couple people um that had taken sabbaticals and then they figured it out and they went back. And I just, I, I looked at, you know, I was like, I must be able to get a job again. Like I'm sure that they were able to, and granted, none of them were people of color. So that is another okay. factor, right. but I saw them do that. A, B, I was miserable. Seriously, I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. Like, my, you know, my doctors were like, something's got to change. My stomach always- looked But Z, how many of your friends do you know that just knuckle through it? Do you know what I mean? They just keep going until breast cancer and right? Like, 
And also, you know, I go like Harvard Business School, right? It's like success and other people's definition of success is what drives us. What will people think? Am I good enough? I need to constantly prove that I'm good enough, successful. I make X amount of money. My title is this. And here's right. the thing. There is always going to be the next thing to strive for. So much so that sometimes I felt like I'm just sprinting on a treadmill and going nowhere. And so there's always the next thing, but then we don't take care of ourselves and we do things not because we really want to, if we closed our eyes and thought about it, like, is this what I love? No, we're doing it for other people. And right. then not to mention when you have a family and you have a mortgage and you have children and all these other factors, people depending on you, like it is very natural. I think most people are working for practical reasons and not because of the love of it. Yeah. So what do we, I mean, like, I guess you minimize, probably try to minimize like what some of these other excesses, I think you probably minimize your or you change your view of success because that, that's I mean, Harvard. I mean, that's the cream of the cream of the cream of the crop. And you and I know many of the people I know from Harvard, I know what they see success to be. And so you modeled, I like this idea, you you modeled after other people that had gone on sabbatical. And then was the idea, uh, I'm just gonna quiet down the ride to figure out what my next thing is no, gonna be. What I yeah. needed to heal. My whole purpose. The first thing was heal. Okay, I like this. Yes, I was not okay. The chronic stress, especially from all the microaggressions, especially from banging my head on that ceiling, not going anywhere. My self-esteem was in the gutter. My sense of self-worth was in the gutter. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating. I needed to feel better. So I spent that time restoring myself. I spent that time learning tools to help myself feel better. And it was in this journey of me feeling better and finally feeling better that I felt this calling to share these to tools do it. with others. So Z, how long was it? Can I ask you, how long was that period of healing? It was about almost two years that I took two off. Two yeah. years mm -hmm. of healing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, was it two years, all of it in India? No, no, no. I was in Peru with the shaman. I was traveling through the Southwest. I was in the Bay. You Area. invested, right? You invested your, right? Oh, this, this wasn't free. Like you had to have, right? I planned but, for it. But yes, I did. I didn't plan yeah. for two years, by the way. I planned for one year. And then at the end of the year, I just, I couldn't go back. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I needed to listen to my gut because I didn't want to experience burnout again. Like the thing is life is short and I have, you know, you said I look young. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, I'm in my forties. Yeah. I think forties are but young. It is young. No, no, but it, I mean, younger. And I, what, I guess I'm speaking to Gen Z millennials who want to yeah. cut out the phase two, Yeah, which hopefully your phase two maybe can be a year or five years, but I, it's tough to go from that, leave the nest and then eat, pray, love. You know, I, I that's all I'm trying to say to yeah. sometimes we have to have those we have to do practical things to get the wisdom or the resources or the finance, whatever it is. That, that's all I was saying, you know. Yeah, and you, you know, are super young, but I'm, I just was saying that for the, there, our 20-year-olds. There's a balance, though, right? Because what I was going to share with you is that Please. life is short, and I know that you know that. But at age <laughs> 33, I lost six friends in an 18-month period, okay? Right? At age 33. 
And what I realized from that is that, wow, I'm not going to be here forever. So I hear you that you're advising younger people that you got to almost suffer a little bit and then do the fun thing. And I'll argue that there is a balance. And no, there's definitely a balance. That's, it's not it. It's just they want to, I'm talking to people want to throw it all away. Yeah. Well, and, not, and not, do you know what I mean? And, and that I think is going to lead to cat catastrophe when you're 50 or 60, because, you know, there are certain realities we can't get around. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to see anyone get sick, but if there's ever a time you can do it, it's when you're younger and you're stronger. It does catch you. And we're seeing it catch people in their late twenties now, like when we, you know, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm really with you on, on this and you probably your journey. Like, I love your journey. You, you know, maybe you could have ended, maybe you could have gotten out of there younger. I don't know. I, I, you know, that would be for you to say. Well, I want to use the word mindfulness, right. Yeah. Um, and share with you that mindfulness is paying attention in the present moment without judgment. And Ooh, I like that. Things, I, can you say that again? <laughs> mindfulness is paying attention in the present moment without judgment. That's the most, that's incredible without judgment. Because I literally, one of my questions for you, what is mindfulness? Now I know we hear about it, we practice it without judgment. That's yes. amazing. All right, Z, please keep going. So without judgment. And mindfulness around lots of things, but I am always talking about mindfulness around how you're feeling. Pay attention to how you're feeling. You might be running around in your corporate job, you know, and I am somebody, I'm definitely an overachiever, even in my world today. Like I, it's just in my blood to just try to be yeah, the best yeah. of all the things, right? And then you ignore yourself. You ignore how you're feeling. And it's so important to pay attention so that you can get on top of burnout before it happens. So that you can know that maybe this isn't jo the job for me. Maybe this isn't the team for me. Or maybe today I'm tired. And so those things that are less urgent, I should do them tomorrow and not today. And this is where breath work actually comes in as well. And so mindfulness paying attention in the present moment without judgment. But I believe that breath work, breath work meaning breathing with intention, there are specific breathing practices that one can do. And I believe that breath work is like medicine, right? Just like you take Advil when you have a headache, just like you take antihistamines when you have allergies, you can ask yourself, how am I feeling? And if you're feeling tired, there's a breathing practice. If you're feeling anxious, there's a breathing practice, but you need to be mindful of how you're feeling first. And this is both in this moment today, but also zooming out in your career and life and life journey, right? It took me like almost getting hit by a truck, right? To be, for doctors to be like, hey, you know, I, I'll share a quick story. I was on Please. a plane. I was on a plane from San Francisco to LA for a business trip. And I super swamped as usual. So I had my computer, I had my headphones on the sign. Don't talk to me. I'm working. I had this like crazy spreadsheet up and I'm like looking like a crazy person. Right. And this guy, complete stranger, he nudged me. So I had to, and mind you, it wasn't, that's a short flight. So if you're trying to do work on a computer, LA to San Francisco, like not that much time, but you can Here's the thing, note, note to everyone, don't poke overachieving Harvard grads. <laughs> I wouldn't, <laughs> I would, like, no. Yeah. So I take my headphones out. Oh boy. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, have you ever thought about slowing down? I think you need to slow down. And I was like, I was offended. I was like, oh, this, this, what, 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 
mind your business is what like went through my mind. But looking back now, wow, how stressed out must have I looked to a complete stranger that he felt the need to tell me to slow down. Now, if I had mindfulness, I would have noticed <laughs> myself and then yeah. been able to do something about it, whether it is a certain breathing practice, whether it was uh, adjusting my workload, setting expectations, setting boundaries, et cetera. See, I think that was a message from above. Yes. He, he was delivering. You were getting a message delivered to you oh. from someone up there. You're one of your guardians. Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And whether we want to hear it or not at the time, you know, that's up to us. But, yeah. we, but again, go back to mindfulness. When we're not mindful, we don't hear those messages either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why it's just so important for us to take care of ourselves and be mindful of how we're feeling. You know, in my book, Black People Breathe, I share morning and evening routines and one of them for self-care. And one of them is every morning I ask myself, good morning, Z, how are you? I use my name in the third person because there's a little bit of like a, the ego doesn't get involved, you know, and I could, and mm -hmm. also I kind of feel cared for. And then I can acknowledge I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling kind of tired, like whatever that might be. And then I can adjust my day or do certain practices to. And in the book, do you have different, you mentioned there's different breathing for tired, yes. different, right? So in the book, you have different types of breath work for, oh, I love that for yeah. medicine, like you said, for yes. medicine. Yeah. So this morning's funny. You bring this up and I was thinking of this today. I don't know why I woke up in a funk. Mm. And I remember saying, you know, reading your, the information on you and the, the, the cliff notes I had for the book. Um, I remember saying, okay, like, okay, I, I check in with myself and be mindful. And, and mm. okay. So I'm like, yeah, I don't feel so good right now. Mm. And, then I just, and then I know what to do after that. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know how to take it any further. What, so what happens when you check in with yourself and you're not good? Mm. What do you do? Like in the morning, hey, Z, how are you? You know what? I don't know. I'm really not. I'm in a little bit of a bad mood this morning. Yeah. And then yeah. what do you do with that? Do you go yeah. to your breath work? It, depend, it depends on how I'm feeling. But yes, it could be breath work. So for example, um, if I'm feeling anxious, right? If I'm feeling anxious, then there is a breathing practice in my book, Black People Breathe, on how to, you know, breathe to, to relieve yourself from anxiety. In fact, are you interested? Do you want to do it with me right now? Yes, yes, please. Okay. I'm so, interested. I'm desperate. <laughs> I invite you to sit up straight so that okay. you can get your full lung capacity, shoulders back and down. And we're going to breathe in and out through the nose, just so you know that okay. beforehand. And I'm just going to yep. guide you through it. So exhale okay. all your air out. And then breathing in and in and out through the nose. Inhale for four, three, two, one. Hold for seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Again. Exhaling through the end. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to screw up. Exhaling through the nose. All nose. Sorry. Okay. All nose. All nose. Okay. Okay. Inhale for four, three, two, one. Hold for seven, six, five, four. Three, two, one. Exhale for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and relax. Now I would do this for more times, right? But just for a, just for demonstration practices, we only did you it. You kind of feel a little more relaxed. Mm. So, so how many times would you just as needed, or would you? Can you well, give me a ballpark? 
Studies show that this practice stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system. So your sympathetic nervous system, your fight, flight, or freeze, let all the thoughts kind of going, right? The parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest nervous system. It's your ability to relax. And so studies show that doing this for like three or four minutes can be very powerful. But if you, even if you don't have that, I just say do it three or four times and just see how you feel. And so recognizing how you feel and then finding a breathing practice to, to, to help you can be very powerful. But let's say you're just like, I feel icky. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. like, you know, you just said I'm in a, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. 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 And so I have a mindfulness practice um, that has actually been made famous by a meditation teacher named Tara Brock, but she didn't invent it either. It's been around. Um, and so it's an acronym called rain. Okay. And so oh, I'm going to walk you through it. Rain R is for recognize, recognize how you're feeling, name the emotion, right? You might have said funk or, you know, I yeah. use the word icky, but you know, icky, really like either one. Yeah. Yeah. Specific and name the emotion. Got the it. I in, oh, the A in rain. So the R in rain is recognize. The A in rain is allow, allow that feeling to be there. You know, I grew up in a household where you sweep everything under the rug. Suppress. Yes. In, right. Yep. But if we do that, if we sweep it under the rug and suppress it, it builds up over time. Fast forward, you're at burnout the way I was. So A, allow it to be there. Give yourself permission to feel this way. The I in rain is for investigate and be a detective and, and investigate. Well, what does this feeling feel like? Ah, like it feels like I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a um, washing machine getting sung around, you know, like describe it in words. But also my favorite part of this practice is investigate where are you feeling this in the body? Maybe it's in the belly, yeah, maybe it's yeah. in the chest. This one with chest, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just by naming the body part and then even describing it, it's a tightness in the chest. Yeah. It's a clenching. It's a rawness. It's a throbbing. That is, allows the separation. You are the witness. You are not the feeling in your chest, which sometimes it feels like this your whole thing. You're like, yeah. just like you have no control. But when you describe it, it allows that separation and, and it doesn't feel so like controlling. And then the N in rain is for nurture nurture yourself. What do you need to feel better? Are there certain words? Maybe you needed to hear, it's going to be okay. This is temporary. Maybe you need to hear, well, I'm lovable anyway, or I love myself or people love me, right? Maybe you need to make a phone call. Maybe you need a hug. And so think about what is it that you might need to feel better based on that. And so this RAIN framework, which can be in the form of a meditation or just a process that you go through to help you feel better. And so it all starts with identify how you're feeling, because if you don't do that, because you're so busy, 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 you know, this yeah, is the on world. the treadmill. Yep. Yeah. Then it's going to sneak up on you in ways that are so extreme and harmful to your health. Oh, my God. All right. Very helpful. Um, okay. Now can we move on to imposter syndrome? Yeah. Can you define um, it? Start with defining it and tell me your experience with it. And then let's go from there and see how we can deal with it. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is kind of, it's something that happens inside of us, right? It's the internal kind of feeling that we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not creative enough to be in the position that we are to do the things that we're doing, despite evidence 
of high achievement. And I want to just repeat that despite evidence of high achievement, right? Whole, my whole, my, I, I was like, okay, well, I can't quit because maybe I won't be able to get a job, right? Even though my resume looks like I should be able to get a job. And yet I had this feeling inside and I want to highlight internal because it's something happening inside. If you talk to somebody else, they'll be like, of course you can get a job, right? Of course you'll be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. And also we talked about my journey earlier. Well, gosh, imposter syndrome about becoming a mindfulness and breathwork teacher, right? I wondered, are people going to believe me that I can do this, right? Because I haven't done it before, especially for people wanting to make pivots. This imposter syndrome might creep up. Or even if you're in your current career and your job, and let's say you just got a promotion, right? And you're like, well, wait, but do they make a mistake? Or, you know, there's so many symptoms of imposter syndrome. Yeah. And and this, okay, you you would have to tell me because I'm not a person of color. But would would it not feed imposter syndrome if someone were to believe they were hired simply on the their gender or their orientation or their race rather than on their credentials? Would that not? And if you have people around you either poking you and with the microtransgressions or the ones thinking they're supporting you, but they're still like, yeah. They're still shining a light on this. Would that not feed imposter syndrome? Would that make you go, like, wait, I, I'm not, maybe I'm not good enough to really be here. Exactly. And that would mess you up pretty bad, right? Yes, exactly. You know, I have a friend, a younger woman, she's in her maybe like mid late twenties and she's an engineer and she works at a startup and uh, she got promoted very quickly in the last year. And she came to me and she said, the men on my team have told me that the only reason I got promoted is that I'm a woman. And now you add in being a black woman in the workplace. And so, you know, in that situation, the men on her team told her directly that that's what they believed. But when you have people coming up to you and saying, are you the new diversity hire or kind of making comments that you're. I guess at honest. least they're honest, right? Like, yeah, right. I mean, honest, except what's the impact? Right? Well, of course, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, if that's the best you can hope for, that's not very good. But yes. Uh, wow. And that leads to self-doubt, so much self-doubt. Like, you know, there was a a period in my career where I was nervous to speak in meetings because I felt like I was going to be judged. Yeah. Hearing that. And you know what else it leads to? It what you said earlier, it leads you because I seen with Maria, my wife, so you know, Mm. being a female um in in Hollywood, which I don't know of any business more toxic than ours. Mm. But um, and it's changing now, thank God. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. But, um, you know, she would work 
four or five times as hard and then get herself sick. And it was yes. never enough. And they just, and you know, and, and I'll say this to Z, uh, and I'm, I'm empathetic to the women bosses who've done it, but I've seen the w older women bosses be even worse than the men. And I get it because they came up in a time where, well, they'll say now they, they only had so many slots, so they had to adapt and be like the men to, um, but it was like, no matter what Marie would do, they would just keep moving the finish line. It would be like, it didn't matter. Um, yeah. Harder and harder and harder. And then, mm. oh, look, I have a brain tumor. Oh, what a surprise. Mm. So I think, yeah, you either, I, I would see people either take their ball and go home, don't live their dream, their purpose, don't get all out of this life that they sh deserve and should get, or they hang in and just get pummeled, overwork, and eventually get sick. Yes. You know, and, and I, yeah, and I think that, so that's the, that's what imposter syndrome, that makes sense to me, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I never thought, I never knew it to that level, but that makes a lot of sense. And, and it leads to chronic stress, right? Which leads of to illnesses. So either way, whether, right, either if you're doubting yourself and not going to speak in front of people, that's stress because yeah. you know, you, you know, you're limiting yourself. Um, so what do you do? Like, yeah, what do you do to combat imposter syndrome? Yeah. Z? Well, in my book, Black People Breathe, I have a whole chapter on it called Countering Imposter Syndrome, right? Okay. Countering Imposter Syndrome with courage, because it does take courage to really face this head on. And so I offer a framework called WebAV. WebAV is an acronym. The W is for welcoming the voice. I invite folks to pause, take some quiet time and really listen. What is this imposter syndrome voice saying to me? For me, for many years, it was, you're going to get fired. Every day I would go to work thinking, you're going to get fired. Now, there was- Every day, Z. At one particular company. Yes, every day. No, I believe it. Because, I, I, guys, I have friends like this. I'm, I'm only asking you, Z. I already know the answer. And it's not you. I've seen this yeah. every day. Mm. That's just hell. Sorry. It, That's it, living hell. It Continue, really please. Is. Sorry. And, and then, my God, can I just go off for a second? Like, <laughs> could you imagine multiple degrees at Harvard, all the work that's involved to get there, just to go to a job and go every day and think you're going to get fired every day? Yeah. And I know you're not exaggerating because I've seen this. Yeah. All right. I digress. Continue. Yeah. Every day. And also, just being, you know, a black woman, the other black woman at the company was fired. Now she was fired for being too vocal, but it's like, okay, right? And I just, you know, especially being sometimes the only woman in the room, now obviously not at the company, but sometimes the only woman in the room, especially, you know, on leadership teams, you just you just wonder, and I, and I felt excluded, right? So I was like, you're gonna get fired. So W, welcoming the voice, just like take a moment and listen. What is the voice saying? And what is the loudest thing that the voice was saying for me? It was, you're going to get fired. That's the W. The E in web app is for evidence gathering. You remember the definition of imposter syndrome? It's despite evidence of high achievement. And so I invite folks to do an exercise called evidence gathering, where you write down on the top of the piece of paper, the statement, like, what is this imposter syndrome voice saying? For me, it was, you're going to get fired. And then you make two lists, make a line down the middle, two lists, evidence, evidence is facts, not opinions evidence that supports this statement and evidence that disproves it. And when I sat down, 
with this, I'm going to get fired. The evidence that supported the statement, there wasn't that much evidence. There was that other black woman got fired. There was, oh, well, if the company has any like economic problems, they might just start chopping black. And usually the black person's the first person to get cut. But there wasn't a long list. When I went to evidence that disproves this statement, all the things you just said, I have two Harvard degrees, I have a successful track record, you look at the millions of dollars that I brought this company, blah, 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 and you look at it on paper, short list, long list, and if you were to try to convince someone of something and you showed them evidence, right, this is like objective, who are you going to believe, right? So E for evidence gathering, powerful exercise. B is for breath work. We talked about some breathing exercises earlier. And in my book, Black People Breathe, I offer some breathing practices for confidence. So there are breathing practices. The A in web app is for affirmations. And now I used to be somebody that was like, that's self-help, like blah, blah, blah. You know, that's just yeah. cheesy. You sound I like me years ago. I know. Yeah, I didn't believe it. And then I got to a low, low point where I really didn't believe in myself. And I did research on affirmations. And this is what I found. Affirmations can be very powerful if they are repeated because, you know, your neurotransmitters, we can relearn things. We can be reprogrammed, but it takes repetition. So I put affirmations in my calendar, in my reminders on my phone. They just pop up. And when my brain sees that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Even to this day, Z? To this day? To this day, do you do that? To this day, I still have affirmations. And I'll tell you, how do you write an affirmation? Well, they should be present tense, present tense. Sometimes you. they might turn a negative into a positive, right? They don't have to. Um, but here's the key. Research shows that if you use your name and not I, it's much more powerful because, because again, your ego gets in the way. I. And then the I, you have all these stories associated with I and me. But if you say Z, it's much more powerful. Here's an example. Me and violin, okay? I played violin since I was five. Classical music. In classical music, the music is written, you, you know, and even and the Suzuki method, if anybody's familiar with that, the Suzuki method in violin is like, you must play exactly the way this recording is, right? Okay, so fast forward to my adult life when I started playing with bands and DJs and improvising. And so I had a huge uh, imposter syndrome about my ability to improv with violin. So here's my affirmation for violin. Z, using my name, Z is amazing, is present tense, amazing at violin improv, right? So having that statement, that affirmation, and then making sure it gets blasted everywhere, right? Now, that's not what's on my reminders right now today because <laughs> I do different work. Right, you, you don't need the affirmation for that. But but I'll tell you why I think the name works over the I is because we're we're doing this because we're doubting ourselves. Mm. So when when we make it I, um, it's, it's ourselves, which we're already doubting. However, when we make it Kevin or Z, we're yeah. separating yes. from ourselves. Hmm. That's how, why I think it, it, for me, it would work because it's, it's more, it feels more like a generic statement of fact rather than yeah. my opinion of me, which I'm going to doubt me. Exactly. I'm a, you know, cause I'm already doubting me, which is why I need the affirmation. Exactly. So that makes a lot of sense. Present tense and use your name. I love this. Um, the last uh, in, in web app, the V is for visualization. Okay. Visualization. Why? Well, research shows that with Olympic athletes, when they visualize their performance in an event versus when they actually do the event, it stimulates the same regions in the brain. And the same is true at work, in life, et cetera. And so I invite folks to visualize 
you being your best self in a specific situation. Maybe it's a meeting. Maybe you're going to be presenting to the board or somebody with very senior titles, right? You know, whatever that, but, but imagine a specific situation and imagine yourself being your best self and basically just like kicking ass in that situation. And you close your eyes and you visualize all the details. You visualize what you see, what you hear, you feel your voice talking. You see it all happen so that when the event actually happens, you're good. It's like, oh, you've been here before. You got this. So web app for imposter syndrome. I love it. Um, okay. Going back to, you know, some of those situations at work mm. that you were just mentioning. Um, I think a lot of times we give away our power. Mm. Do you, can you speak to that at all where, where we give away our power and then maybe how we can own it in a way that doesn't damage us further from these outside forces? Mm, gosh. Does yeah. that resonate with you at all? Well, I could go so many different directions, but I'll share what 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 came to my mind when okay. you said that. Please. Um, what came to my mind was boundaries and feeling like we are not in control of our situation, right? And so, and specifically as a black woman, right? Where I felt like I need to constantly prove that I deserve to be there. And so I was somebody that said yes to everything because I needed them to know that I was a team player. I needed to be indispensable so that I wouldn't get fired my whole imposter syndrome voice, right? And so with that sense saying yes to everything and feeling like everybody else was in control, and I just had to do everything that was asked of me. I didn't set boundaries. Boundaries like what are the hours that I'm working or even the channels of communication? You know, people will just send text messages to you on weekends and that's okay. And so by not setting boundaries, that ultimately contributes to the burnout and the chronic stress because right. you're not, you know, taking control of your own situation. And now why? Maybe that's, again, maybe an imposter syndrome voice of you don't have control. You do not have the power. But here's the thing. We are all amazing people. We have so much to contribute. And if we believed that we were worthy, we were worthy of being there, that we were smart enough, good enough, all of the things, then we would set these boundaries and we would take our power back. And here's the other thing, our opinions, our voice, using our voice. I, because of low self-esteem or feeling like I was the only in the room, I wouldn't say what I really wanted to say because I almost valued other people's opinions over mine. Again, power. But we all have this amazing power inside of us and so much to contribute if only we would believe in ourselves. But to perform well, you need to not be burnt out. You need to sleep well. You need to have low stress. When you're at least stressed, that's when you're most creative. That's when you treat your colleagues best. That's when you're an amazing leader, right? And so it all kind of blends together. So I agree with you. And it's all about first taking care of yourself. I think, you know, too, and I, I want to say, I remember when I tried to own my power, mm. um, because I, you know, you know, I, I've, uh, yeah, I was always the one too. That I'm a people pleaser and always trying to, always believed in over delivering, and certainly didn't. Thank God I had the assets of being a white guy that I could, you know, I could get some passes. But I, I know enough about it. I will say this though, um, 
there were times that I was advised by older people, come on, you got to own your power here, stand up to the boss, he'll respect you more. Mm. And I remember one instance I did that and I actually lost my job. Um, so I want to say that that's if if you are in that situation, it maybe it's time to just get another job. Because sometimes when you do own your power, it's not always going to go your way. They're going to go, oh, that's very nice of you, Z, to own your power. Yeah. Now get the F out of here. And so I think that could happen too, right? Like, I mean, at least that, that was my experience. But, but yes. as I've gotten older, I'm like, good. That was the best thing to get away from that for me and to get to a place that was going to respect my power. I um, totally agree with you, except I want to bring back your previous point about practicality, right? And yeah. finances, right? Like, Yes, no, I know, I know. Hey, rent. Yeah. Yeah. However, I do want to share that there are many ways to use your power. And I'll just say that Tell as me. a black woman, I have felt that I didn't have a voice, that I wasn't seen or heard. And so often, so I teach workshops to black okay. people and all people of color, you know, at companies, companies like Google and Visa and HSBC, et cetera. Right. So, and in these workshops, sometimes people ask me, well, how do you, you know, how do you get things done if you don't feel heard, right? If you don't feel seen. And you know what I tell them? Use the white man's voice. Now, that might be a controversial statement, but it Hello. is true. We all know that the white man's voice gets Hello, heard. team. Let, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. No, not the way you speak. I mean, my I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to comedy now. That's my background. So go ahead. Let's see. Go so ahead. Here's an example. I was working at a company. And I was very upset with what they were doing in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I was very, very upset. Um, and, and I'll just tell you that um, the CEO excluded the only DEI person from a very big initiative. Just black woman was excluded. And so then she quit and got a different job somewhere else. And then there were no DEI people. And so, and I knew that I wasn't gonna be heard. And so I found an ally. Um, an amazing white man in senior leadership. And I expressed my concerns because I knew he would listen to me. Um, and I asked him, can you be a voice in the room in the executive leadership meetings? And can you ask them to hire an external third party DEI consultant to be the objective mm. person to analyze the situation and share some recommendations, right? So I needed him to be that voice. Now, I, you know what I really wanted to do? I wanted to go to the CEO directly and tell him what I oh thought. Oh my God. So in I... fact, I, I was going to do that. And then I got advice <laughs> right. that said, you might lose your job if you do that. Right. How about you try a different strategy? So yeah. there are, there is, because there's um, reactivity, right? And then there's thoughtfulness and mindfulness is paying attention to where you are. It is the pause between stimulus and response. Right. And my pause was getting other people's input, asking advice on what I should do, telling them what I what my res immediate response was going to be. The pause that is mindfulness. And then when you are mindful, you can be more objective, less emotionally charged to figure out what is the most effective way to get the outcome that I want. It's, you know, when I hosting the show for Maria, um, it what I see from people like you who are super successful, the one thing that I never had um, is this acute awareness. Mm. You know, if I were thinking of all the things that I would see you, the, all the successful people come on the show have in common, it's 
it's an awareness the rest of us don't have, but could have. Mm. But see that awareness of like you knew between stimulus and response, pause, pump the brakes. Mm. Where am I at? Let me read the room. Okay. You know what? If I go do give this guy the bum rush, uh uh-uh, it's going to go nuclear, not going to go well. How do I, I have a greater goal here. That's beyond Z. It's for Mm. the people of this company. It's for the company. And then it's okay. Let me, but that's awareness. And I Mm. feel like I've, gotten it with age and being around people like you z to frankly but but most of us don't have that um we just unfortunately suppress or we medicate or we or we're on that hamster wheel yeah so that's why this mindfulness and this awareness i i I can't stress enough how important it is to fulfillment and success but again i said that's the one thing i see with everyone Mm. all the successful people come on this show is you guys have that ability to kind of see the whole football field. Yeah. You know, know, one thing I want to underline of what you just said is that we all are capable. Capable. Yes. But, but the most of us, it's just one, you know, one way or another, we're running that, we're running the rat race and we're not taking that time. And that's where the breath comes in. That's why a very easy, practical thing you can do is just take a deep breath whenever you're triggered by something or take a deep breath just as a pause in the middle of your day because you are more likely to be an effective leader, an effective contributor if you are not operating from the stress response. Okay, so Z, so I know Black People Breathe has these techniques. Do you recommend these breathing techniques, which Mm -hmm. I love, and the different breathing techniques for different situations, which I've never heard before. Mm. Love. do, uh, you use breathing is medicine uh, per mm. you. And I also believe that, mm. but uh, do you only use it medicinally or do you have a daily practice that's a non-negotiable, no matter what you're doing it every day? So I have a daily meditation practice and sometimes that is just pure meditating. And sometimes that does involve breathing, but yes, I think this is also like vitamins right? And so it's like, if you do something every day, you're going to be, you're going to have a more solid foundation for when, you know, the tornado comes, but your foundation is solid. So I do advise folks to have a daily practice and that can look a number of different ways. I have so many friends that say, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. It's like my mind is like, I can't, or I don't have time. Well, here's the thing. Even something like five minutes every day uh, can be so powerful in the morning, especially of setting a solid foundation for your day. That can look like a number of things that can look like getting one of the apps and doing a five minute guided meditation. It can look like doing one of the breathing practices. I'll tell you one that's amazing to do daily is box breathing. Box breathing is used from everyone from Navy SEALs to nurses. And the way it works is you inhale for a count of four, you hold your breath for a count of four, you exhale for a count of four, and you hold your breath for a count of four. That's why it's a box, four, 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 four. And you do that repeatedly. And that can set a solid foundation so that your nervous system is in a great place to both be productive and focused, but also to not get knocked off when something happens. I mean, something's always going to happen. You might get that email that you're like, I can't believe that happened, right? I can't believe he said X. But if you have a daily practice of breathing, of mindfulness, you will be less triggered. You'll be more able to be mindful of how you're feeling, to have that pause between stimulus and response. See, 
the work is black people breathe, but really it's a book for everybody. Mm. Um, I'm very grateful for today's interview. And um, I certainly have practices now that I can put in place. Uh, and I look forward to more from you because I think this is just, there's more to this and there's more help you're going to be able to give a lot of people. Um, see, where do we find you um, on, on social media and, and website wise? I'm sure you have that. Yeah. So my website is zclark.com. That's Z-E-E-C-L-A-R-K-E.com, zclark.com. And on social media, I'm zclarkbreathes. Again, that's Z-E-E-C-L-A-R-K-E-breathes.com. I also have a YouTube channel, which has guided breathing practices. So all the breathing practices that I've shared today, you can find guided practices. And the book is Black People Breathe, available anywhere books are sold. Love it. Thank you so much, Z. Thank you. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.